Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Ultrasound Gel Podcast. I'm Mike Prats and I'm joined with your favorite host, Craig Bolger. Today we have an interesting treat for you. We're going to be discussing a paper entitled Carotid Intima Media Thickening Predicts Negative Stress Test in Chest Pain Patients in an Emergency Department Observation Unit. This was published in the American Journal of Emergency Medicine, December 2018. And I just thought this was a fascinating topic. I had never heard about doing this. Cray, have you ever measured the carotid intima media thickening? I cannot say I have, Mike. Yeah, I think we're just going to call it the CIMT from now on. So measuring the CIMT, apparently there is some background literature to suggest that this correlates with atherosclerotic disease and therefore has correlation with patients that are at risk for acute coronary syndrome. So as you may or may not know, there's patients that come in with chest pain quite frequently to the emergency department and other acute care settings and they get a lot of tests and sometimes that means doing serum tests like a troponin sometimes it means admitting them for a cath or for more workup and sometimes it means sending them to an observation unit to get a stress test or some sort of provocative testing to stratify them further now what if we could use point of care ultrasound which we know can be fast to stratify these patients that are going to have to wait around and get a stress test. Is it possible to use point of care ultrasound to predict someone's risk for acute coronary syndrome? So the authors would suggest yes. So this was an urban academic emergency department. It was a prospective sample um, and it was a convenient sample. Patients were placed in the OBS unit and one of the trained scanners were available um, to do it. They had to be in an ED OBS unit so they've already potentially risk stratified themselves by virtue of being there and not somewhere else in the hospital or home. Um, and they were there waiting for their stress test. They would get bilateral carotid ultrasounds by a vascular sonographer or an ultrasound fellow. And they would measure just proximal to the carotid bulb, get three separate measurements of the carotid wall thickness and take the median of those. And this is kind of a pilot study, so they, they seem to start out with just a small population to kind of see, would this work? They ended up having 57 patients, and of those, around 9% had a positive stress test. These were patients with a mean age of 53, and most of them were getting stress echoes. The primary outcome, can you use an abnormal CIMT average to determine if they're going to have a positive stress test? This ended up having a sensitivity of 80% and a specificity of 50%, but kind of large confidence intervals there. On the sensitivity, it went down to 28 and specificity down to 35. So they had a high negative predictive value of 96.3% and the odds ratio of four. I tend to like to think of accuracy in terms of likelihood ratio and how it affects my pretest probability. So I calculated those out and this comes to a positive likelihood ratio of 1.6 and a negative likelihood ratio of 0.4. And we can talk about that later, but sometimes the negative predictive value can be a little bit misleading. Now, they also reanalyzed it looking at the average of both sides as opposed to the average of one individual side and that had a worse sensitivity although slightly better specificity. So let's talk about some of the limitations here. I think as usual there 
a lot of the studies that we're seeing on these more novel techniques have a small population and a convenient sample and fairly skilled operators to start out. And that's totally understandable for this level of evidence. Anything else that you can think of, Craig? Um, I think another one is that they kind of flipped their data. So it was, can we predict who's going to be positive? But then they said, actually, if it's normal, you're more likely to be negative, which I, it sounds like we're just flipping words. But to me, it's a different way to look at the data. It's a completely different question. Um, you know, are you then suggesting that if you measure a carotid intimal medial thickness that you can now not stress test these patients? Um, I think that's something we have to be careful of with ultrasound is, you know, I've had people have negative stress tests and who are walking home from the ER and come back with a full-blown MI. I think you have to look at what's the potential miss in these patients and is this test right, ready for prime time? Yeah, I guess the question that you're asking is where are we going with this? Like what, what would be the ideal situation? They come in with chest pain, we ultrasound the carotid and say, you're low risk, you can go home, or we say, no, you're too high risk, we need to do another test. I guess I could conceive of that happening in the future and it'd be really intriguing. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's a little bit the opposite direction of the way I've seen us move in the last 10 to 12 years with cardiac testing is we used to use our clinical gestalt to restratify and now anybody with even the slightest whiff of a risk factor is getting some sort of testing. You know, we have 20 year olds with musculoskeletal chest pain at least getting an EKG and troponin where that was not the case before. So I feel like we are getting a much more conservative generally and this is kind of suggesting a 180, the other direction potentially. Another thing to bring up is the reference standard. We always like to have a good comparison and and I think most people recognize that stress tests are not perfect and just correlating the point of care ultrasound to a stress test isn't really the patient-centered outcome we care about. There's lots of data about how stress tests can fail you in many different ways that we're not going to get into. Now just a brief note on the negative predictive value because we mentioned that earlier that this is a was pretty high for the study, 96.3%. Just something to realize is that if there's a really low incidence of pathology, that means that there's going to be very few false negatives, and that's going to inflate the negative predictive value by itself. So just recognize that if you're looking at predictive values, it's highly influenced by the population that you are applying this test to. I think the other thing is what happened to these patients with positive stress tests? Did they get a cath? Was it a positive cath? I think, again, one thing we have to keep coming back to to hold ourselves to a high standard is how are we affecting patients? Are we changing their length of stay? Are we improving their time to intervention? And I don't know if we have an answer with this test. I think it's a cool idea. It makes sense physiologically that if you have plaque in one place, you will have plaque in other places. Um, can we apply this to our patients with stroke or other vascular diseases? Um, I think it's an interesting move um, in point-of-care ultrasound. It's not something we've really delved into at all. And it's, from a acquisition standpoint, seems fairly simple. I'd like to see it done with a less expert panel to see how well just on, do we have uh, inter-rater reliability and then maybe reapply it to a different patient population or a broader patient population. Okay, let me recap this study. So this was prospective patients in an emergency department observation unit who were 
deemed to be at risk for acute coronary syndrome of some sort, and they ended up enrolling 57 patients. They found that their primary outcome of the accuracy of point of care ultrasound compared to a stress test was 80% sensitive, 50% specific. Our take home points from this study are that carotid intima media thickening is a novel ultrasound measurement that when it's normal correlates with a negative stress test. However, based on the findings of this small study, this measurement is not accurate enough to use in clinical decisions at this time. But I for one am a fan because this is a crazy cool idea. So kudos to the authors on this one. We really applaud them for bringing this to our attention. And again, thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you continue to do so. You can find out more at ultrasoundgel.org. You can check us out on Facebook or talk to us on Twitter. Until then, we'll talk to you later. More. Pressure. More. Gel. More. Pressure. More. Gel. More. Ultrasound Gel Podcast. You must be bored.